Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hello, and welcome back to Crypto Sapiens. I'm excited to be chatting today with Ziz and Eric, co-founders of Wellness DAO. Many times, especially in Web3, I think, we find ourselves putting off our mental health and well-being in order to keep up with all the development news and speculation. So today, we'll explore this topic framed by the personal journeys of Ziz and Eric and Wellness Dow. We kick off the discussion learning about their own wellness practices, such as yoga, meditation, and journaling, and how it influences how they connect and engage with their community. We also discuss how NFTs can be used to promote and reward participation and align the community as a whole. Lastly, we close out on a conversation about the importance of having a clear mission to inspire a strong culture and future development of the DAO. So let's get started. I'm Ziz. Um, I am currently living in San Francisco, but actually about to move to New York in five days. my background is I actually started my career in TradFi and you know was working at a um, investment bank in financial advisory. And so you know I do feel like there is still quite a big culture gap between you know the contingents of people who work in TradFi and who have this conventional understanding of financial markets um, and financial assets. Uh, and you know at the other end of the spectrum is the is the you know deep you know, OG Bitcoiners, so to speak, um, who have been in, in Bitcoin since, you know, 2013, since the early days, 20, 2008. Um, and so that was sort of the the context that I that I grew up in and started my career in. Um, while I was there, you know, I learned about the asset class um, and, you know, as a young person figured it made sense to diversify, even if I didn't really understand um, the the technology itself or, you know, didn't really understand the value of it. You know, it's just good to have your money across lots of different places and, you know, not just in the S&P and not just in, you know, real estate or not just in bonds. Um, so I started investing, you know, very standard on-ramp, you know, buying buying a few, uh, you know, a couple hundred dollars of Ethereum and Bitcoin every month. But over time, as I transitioned out of that industry into what I do now, which is early stage investing, I started hearing more about Web3, about the consumer and social applications that are built on top of it, about NFTs, about DeFi. Um, and you know, really this Cambrian explosion of different use cases for this underlying decentralized um, compute system that people were building. You know, As we're starting to realize now, a lot of those use cases are not really use cases. They are, you know, yield farms or they are Ponzi schemes or they are, you know, marketing schemes built on top of the core technology. But I think that there ends up being this interesting um, conflation of the two uh, w- between, you know, what is quote unquote blockchain technology and what are its capabilities versus 
what are the use cases or what are the consumer facing experiences that we have today using the blockchain. Um, so that is, you know, the area that I'm explore, uh, continuing to explore and invest behind is like, what are real infrastructure? Um, you know, what are meaningful uh, applications of decentralized computing systems um, that we should manifest into the universe? Um, and also, you know, how do we not recreate the same, you know, misaligned incentive systems that we saw in Web2? You know, how do we create a new world order and a new culture of um, mutual support and care. You know, I've heard it described as like a collective capitalism. The fact that sort of this financialization of digital assets can empower a collectivist capitalism as opposed to a centralized capitalism. And, you know, whether or not we deliver on those things, it's still super early to tell. But I think that's a lot of my underlying motivation and interest in the space is just now, how do we envision a more um, optimistic and a more egalitarian future that is not, you know, the way that we live today, um, which certainly has a lot of advantages and has a lot of benefits, but also leaves a lot to be desired in terms of decentralizing power and decentralizing data and decentralizing um, access to capital. So that's about me. That's great. Thank you. That's quite comprehensive. And even there, I think that there's a lot that I would like to explore and unpack as we go through the conversation. But Eric, why don't we go ahead and give you a chance here to give you an introduction about yourself and same like kind of that crypto journey you've had up to co-founding Wellness Dow. For sure. Thanks for having us once again. My name is Eric. I am based in New York City. I also used to live in San Francisco. I recently moved here in the middle of last year. My crypto journey has been quite interesting. So I started my career in Web2 at Salesforce, big tech, was a software engineer. Then I moved to kind of the sales and solution side, supporting a pre-sales team. And I've always been a huge enthusiast in crypto. I was investing on and off, you know, shit coins or altcoins, but me and my buddies would trade them on KuCoin. So I always have been a kind of fan of you know, the kind of retail investing side and buying and trading. And then recently last year around this time, when I started to go in a deep rabbit hole about NFTs and I learned that, you know, obviously there's like a ton of FOMO in the space. There's a ton of blue chip projects. And in the beginning, I was also in it to make a quick flip. But then I realized there's so much utility behind it. And the whole space brings about so much interesting utility by like, you know, token gating things. Yeah, so we, we just thought that, you know, now the technology is here. Now blockchain provides a utility for, let's say, you know, instructors and teachers to be rewarded financially and incentivize people to ZZ's earlier point about decentralizing, you know, these big systems. So like content creators on YouTube, you know, they put out their content, but YouTube owns it, right? So I was thinking, you know, I've been a yogi for quite a while. Started practicing maybe in 2016. Uh, I recently finished my teacher training. So I was thinking, yeah, we should reward these, you know, fitness instructors, these meditation teachers, and they should be able to own their own content in this new ownership economy and collect royalties on it. So that's when we kind of came together I met ZZ through a mutual friend, and we decided to start, you know, Wellness Dow. And our vision for this is just to promote 
these mindfulness practices. You know, we don't want a token gate it. You don't have to buy to join our community. But, you know, eventually we did want to do an NFT drop and, you know, reward holders by going to retreats and doing more in-person utility and bringing that aspect to things. As far as like my wellness journey, I started to embark on a spiritual path as I was exploring martial arts, discovering my true self, trying to figure out what stuck. I ended up really identifying with practices like yoga and meditation. And as the pandemic hit, I started to dive deeper and fully fuller into my practice. And that's when I realized yoga is, you know, it's a form of self-expression. It counters the stagnant energy that we have all day sitting at a desk job. It's a movement. It's a meditation. So it really helps me, you know, just find my own space in the mornings every day and I finished my 200-hour yoga teacher training and would like to share this practice with others. So that's kind of our vision for Wellness Now is to just really, you know, bring this to everyone, just really share what we know and build a community around all these different practices. That's wonderful. And thank you so much again for the comprehensive introduction. Similarly to what Cece was saying, I think that there's a lot to unpack here. And you kind of nicely led us into my first question. And that is, how have your personal wellness practices, right? You know, what, what that means to you influenced those processes maybe that have been developed for Wellness Dow? Yeah, I can go first on this one. Uh, but Basically, yeah, you know, I, I came from it, you know, from a yogi's perspective of, you know, everyone's on their own path, right? I'm by no means like a master or, you know, like more advanced than anyone. You know, yoga is a practice where we cater to all levels, right? And the important, the most important part is showing up and just showing up to the mat and just, you know, setting aside time for yourself. And knowing that time is like interrupted, you don't have to think about what's next. You think about, you know, you're just there, you're, in, you're fully in the moment. So we really tried to, wanted to kind of like bring, build community around these practices to have people to share this with, right? To have people to, you know, practice together, discuss together. Uh, so that's where I think the community aspect of Web, Web3 is so strong. So it made complete sense to, you know, integrate and start this. I love that. CZ, do you have any, you know, wellness practices that are important to you that get you through your day? Or maybe that's how you kick off your week that you feel are crucial to the design and processes at Wellness Dow? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Eric's point around showing up and, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be best at something, but you know, the act itself and the act of showing up for yourself and carving out that space for yourself is really important. So for me, I'm a very active journaler. And so I, I journal every night. It's sort of like how I close off my day before I, you know, go to sleep. And I think more broadly, it ties into a practice of self-reflection and, you know, constantly thinking uh, about what I am grateful for and what you know, there's so much to be grateful for and so much optimism in the world. I and mean, I think that really in Web3, you know, there's there's always a lot happening. Um, and so it can be, you know, relatively easy to, to, you know, jump around from place to place and sort of lose sight of the flow and the underlying act of just showing up being enough. And so that's 
sort of how we wanted to encourage people to think about Web3 as well is, you know, there's so much in the mix and you can get caught up and overwhelmed and burnt out if you try to do everything all at once. And even just a simple act of showing up, you know, learning one new thing a day or writing, you know, one thing you're grateful for is in itself um, plenty. And just this constant cycle of self-reflection and holding yourself accountable to whatever emotions or experiences you may be having. Um, I think that's something that, you know, currently I feel like we, you know, somewhat lack as a, as a broader culture in Web3, just this sort of self-regulation and showing up for yourself. And that's sort of what we wanted to provide an opportunity for people to do as they come to Wellness Dow and to other similar communities and other you know, places where there's so much focus on the moving forward and learning more and, you know, making yourself better, making more money, et cetera. But sort of coming back into the present moment and saying what I have already is enough and I'm grateful for all of that already. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I think that's that's beautifully put. I think that there's something along that I guess that that's a common thread between yoga practice and journaling, and that is the state of being present uh, in the in the moment, right? Whether it is you know by focusing on a pose, breathing exercises, or pen to paper, and just being mindful of what it is that happened that day that you want to document and then just kind of meditate on. I think that's a really powerful connection between the two. And uh, I, I think that that's, that's really important and amazing to hear that, you know, Wellness Dow has these practices that allows for their community to, you know, kind of practice these things mindfully and hopefully uh, get into a better mental state. I want to also highlight like how wholesome the community is. We have a journal together channel and which is kind of like, yeah, ZZ kind of, the instigator of this idea, but kind of just jump on a call and go over a few journal prompts and people, you know, jump in the voice channel and just vibe, right? You know, maybe you're sharing your prompts, maybe you're not, but it's it's just so wholesome to me, just this community and the people that uh, we've brought together to do these things together, to do these practices together. Yes, easy. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of those journaling prompts? Maybe share like what you would potentially share with community there and then maybe even describe some of the experiences that the community has shared back in terms of either A, this has helped me to be more mindful in this or, or just something or the other like that. Well, so yeah, the journaling together started actually rather spontaneously. I think we just had a voice channel and, you know, we're some we're, we're playing music in it and so I would just hop on the voice channel and be journaling and you know people would join in as they so choose it's not a very like rigorous practice of oh we have to go on at you know xyz time and you have to show up every day um and you know we encourage people to share their journal entries but they don't have to of course it's a deeply personal experience but you know I think the the overarching takeaway again that I always come back to is like, you know, doing a little bit of something is better than doing nothing. And so it doesn't, you know, nothing that you do when it comes to wellness has to be perfect or comprehensive or, you know, the gold standard. Um, It's just about showing up again and again. Um, And some of the prompts that now we're starting to work through and starting to talk about, you know, maybe putting together like a, a cohorted program or a, you know, more organized offering around I think are, you know, very similar to what you would see in therapy or in sort of cognitive behavioral therapy and this, you know, 
um, medically driven process of getting to know yourself better. Um, you know, oftentimes it's done in reaction to things. You know, when you f- start to feel like things are not going well, you you may want to seek treatment. Um, but I think these are practices that don't necessarily have to come just when something is wrong. You know, my therapist said something to me that was really interesting. Said, "Now, yeah, I, I went to school and I have a PhD and I have a, I'm a doctor and all of these things, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's not rocket science. It's just sitting down." and verbalizing and processing and talking through your feelings, which if you think about biologically, you know, in the course of evolution, like how did humans, how did sapiens um, evolve to live? We, we, you know, we, we started off in smaller groups, in, in groups of, you know, sort of the social studies that have been done in groups of, you know, 10, 20, 30 people. Um, so much smaller, more intimate communities. Um, there was a lot more free time, sort of, you know, free time that, that was very different from the free time that we have now in which you, know, you just sit on a rock and talk about your feelings or just talk about what's going on around you. And I think, you know, as a as a society, there's been a bit of, you know, this push towards always being busy and always, you know, hustling towards something and less of a focus on turning inwards and really internalizing, you know, what is going on around me and how am I processing these things? Um, and not suppressing, you know, everything that's going on at once. And so some of the prompts come back to, you know, um, what are what are like my core values? Like what motivates me every morning to get up and do the things that I do? Um, what is my attachment style? And how do I, you know, communicate and bond with other people? Um, what is my, you know, what are the what are the manifestations of the ways in which I respect myself, in which I care for myself, in which I love myself, which, by the way, are all very different things, right? You know, we talk about self-care a lot in the wellness industry, but self-care is just one piece of it. And it's it's not comprehensive. You, know, you can do all the self-care practices in the world and you can, you know, journal every night and, and do yoga and drink a tea and, and whatever. But if you don't have you know, an underlying sense of self-esteem or an underlying sense of self-respect. Um, it's it's really one of those things where the sum of the parts is much greater than the whole, and it's a very holistic, integrated practice. Um, so those are sort of the things that we're thinking through, and how do we incorporate those um, at scale? Obviously, it's a much harder question than than you know just asking these questions in the universe and hoping that people answer them. Um, because it does require a lot of investment and a lot of self-reflection. Um, and that's something that we're trying to think about is like, how do we use, you know, uh, how do we like build up a product or sort of like technology around this sort of accountability such that, you know, maybe you have like a public ledger that re- records when you do these little check-ins, you know, maybe not the data in the check-in itself, since that's deeply personal, but you know, even like this accountability mechanism. And then, you know, is there an incentive structure um, that you can put in place in which people can earn something, earn tokens, earn coins, whatever, um, in order, like, and, you know, hold each other accountable? You know, can you put in place group mechanisms where the group as a whole has to commit to working towards something together? And if one person doesn't do it, then the group as a whole, you know, loses something. Um, and so those are sort of like the structural things that we're thinking through. If you've heard of a group called Mochi, they do stuff like this and they run sort of these cohort based sprints, um, similar to how like engineering sprints work in tech, I think. 
Um, and so, you know, how do we integrate all these different learnings from, you know, what are productive ways to collaborate and to work together, um, but, you know, more towards the angle of how do we not create economic value um, or productivity, but how do we you know, create a greater sense of understanding ourselves and understanding others and building this long lasting, you know, self-awareness and emotional intelligence that pays a lot of dividends into the future. Yeah, thank you. You know, one thing that comes to mind, and I know when we talk about wellness, it's maybe the first things that come to mind are like the very, you know, positive outcomes. But, you know, maybe we fail to recognize that we seek wellness because of the chaotic space that we live in. What informs our choice to want to seek out these wellness practices, right? So currently, and I think around the world and for some time, we've been living in a chaotic space. And now, even in our ecosystem, the Web3 space, market changes affect people's ability to focus, people's ability to be happy. Certainly, I think that there's something to be said about like allowing yourself to live outside of this very, very small niche community, right? And, and maybe take a walk outside and say, oh, well, it's not that bad. But I wonder, you know, some of the thoughts that happen within the wellness DAO in terms of maybe someone coming in and saying, oh, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always FOMOing into things or right now uh, the market's, you know, changing. And so this is all affecting my mental health, my mental well-being, my ability to be positive, my ability to contribute. What are some of the things that you would say to someone who's coming in like that? And like, what, what is the track that maybe they could very easily jump into and find a, maybe a more balanced way of like thinking? I feel like I'm victim to this. You know, I, there's so many projects and like so much alpha and trying to, you know, get the next blue chip and trying to mint. But at the end of the day, to me, I think you just have to let go, right? It's, it's way easier said than done. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just knowing that we can't make everything. So we, we, we do internally have some discussions around this too, is like, you know, what are we minting? What are we, you know, buying? And, we're in the crypto space, so that's all fair. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes, you know, you just have to be okay without, right? Know that you're not going to make everything. So that's why, you know, we, we promote these mindfulness practices. It's all about balance, right? And like, you know, understandably so, there's going to be drops we miss out on, right? There's going to be whitelists that we don't get. But... You know, to me, it's like, okay, whatever, right? Like, you know, work on yourself um, because health is wealth, right? Like your mental health should be a priority. Right now, it's like this afterthought, you know, once we feel burnt out, then we turn to wellness. So we really want to flip the script on that and change the narrative to prioritize and make this a daily lifestyle, daily habit and daily routines. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. You know, I'll just share a little bit a story about myself. Like previous to COVID and being in lockdown, I used to go to my yoga instructor regularly and just practice. You know, I I, I got so much out of that. But, you know, post or, or mid-COVID and post-COVID, I've just tried to bring that home and just try, try to find a way to like replicate that as best I can. But one of the fun things is my kid, I have a toddler. She loves taking out the second yoga mat. 
and practicing next to me. And it's such a beautiful, enjoyable experience, not just to be able to like try to find a, you know, a center, like trying to get myself back to just being mindful and, you know, being happy and, 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 and grateful, but also to see that there is an influence and a thoughtfulness that you could also kind of share and that is echoed within some of the, you know, some of so the rest of your family, in my case, my, my young daughter. So it's, it's really, it's really an ex, a, a really cool experience to be able to share that. So walk me through, like, what happens when someone discovers Wellness Dow? Like, what's the process? So they, they, they hear of you through this podcast, or they find you on Twitter, they join the Discord, what are some of the things that they can do to get started? I heard something about an NFT drop, how is that connected? How are you using that to engage the community to ex- enhance that connection to the to the DAO? So when someone hears about Wellness Dow, I mean, in its, is in its existing form, it's a community that you can come to to learn about new practices. And so what we usually recommend is, you know, follow us on socials, um, follow us on Twitter, pop in the Discord where most of these conversations happen. We host virtual programming in the form of, you know, guided and social meditations, that sort of thing. But by no means are those, you know, requisite or, you know, something that you have to do to be a part of the community. I think it's, you know, something that we want to offer just as a public good or as a as a free service so that people can, you know, start to take action on their their wellness practices. There, you know, some people who want to be more involved, like choose to become contributors and sort of take on part of the engineering work or the marketing or sort of the day-to-day operations of what we, what's happening um, in order to like schedule events and we, we've been hosting some external sessions for other groups as sort of like a Dow to Dow or like a B to B mechanism. And so some of you know, the legwork that is involved there, we have contributors that help out with that. And you know, ultimately, we want to bring the community into like physical IRL form. Um, and so we host events in you know, hub cities where there are people um, from our team to plan them. And so historically, we've done events in New York, SF, um, and Miami. And so we're hoping to, you know, host a few more events in New York this summer. Um, typically they're centered around a practice or centered around um, yoga or meditation or breath work. Um, generally very chill, you know, no experience required, um, that type of thing. Um, and we just find that it's a very different type of event profile than, you know, what you usually see in Web3, which is more, you know, social mingling or, you know, uh, having drinks or, you know, going to a party, that type of thing. So that's the the, the pipeline. And so we don't have an NFT yet um, or a paid, sorry, we don't have a membership NFT. We issue NFTs for participation in sessions. Um, and these are sort of, you know, you can think of them more as po-ops as, you know, things that we issue and, they don't have any monetary value, but it's more a token of, hey, thanks for coming to the sound bath. Now you get this cool like, 3D artwork that we designed of our logo and with the metadata that attests to when the session was, what you did, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, we're hoping to incorporate some of this uh, participation into the actual you know, membership NFT itself. You know, maybe there should be a discount or maybe there should be a you know premier um 
access point um, for people that have participated historically. Um, but I think, you know, given where we're, we're, how dynamically NFT and, you know, token markets are evolving right now, we are always trying to be more cautious and err on this side of um, not wanting to issue things that have financial value um, such that people may, you know, we, we don't want to contribute to the noise of people, you know, losing money on things um, when that's not something that is a requisite right now to participate in the community. Yeah, that makes sense. I know certainly there's a something to be said about alignment of values, access to maybe sustaining members that have contributed to the growth of a project, have added or have made an impact, right? I think a lot of that is mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think NFTs is is one way. Certainly, obviously, I think both of you are very familiar with some other maybe non-transferable ways of doing that, like through verifiable credentials. So it's really interesting to kind of see how the technology may contribute to the ways that we can uh, evolve and build out our communities and certainly align ourselves a lot more closely, you know, along these shared values. And I really, I just wanted to highlight one thing that I think you've now said a few times, and that is, you know, things not being perfect, just showing up. I think in terms of wellness, it's important to also recognize that for new contributors or new members to a DAO, it is a incredibly stressful to identify, well, first of all, to learn you know, what a project stands for and to identify if there's any alignment with who you are and your own personal mission, just generally in life or in Web3, and then to identify where they could potentially add value. So I think it's worth repeating that similarly to wellness practices, for contributors coming in, it's like, look, you showing up is actually already a big part of your contribution to the space. You came in, you connected with us, you shared, you know, that energy with us. And if you choose to contribute in any other way, you know, it's not going to be perfect. I think we're all kind of growing and experimenting the space together. And so it's okay. Like identify what really vibes with you and how you feel that a either your skill set or your passions can translate to the space and to the mission of our project, and in this case, Wellness DAO. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to your point about there's there's a lot of different moving pieces, like I think that's why mission becomes more important in building a DAO rather than, um, you know, a traditional startup or a, a company, you know, where, where mission is not a huge part of the transaction, of the sort of expected value that a contributor gets to the organization. Like obviously it helps, you know, companies that have strong mission alignment and have te- can build teams around that amazingly different modality of building a company. And we see this in, in early stage startups too. You know, you can tell which teams have alignment of mission and which don't. And I think when it comes to DAOs, you have to have that. It's, it's no longer a nice to have, it's a need to have in order to scale this more decentralized, self-identifying contributor model. And that's a wrap. I truly enjoyed my chat with Ziz and Eric, and I hope you did too. To learn more about them, please follow them on Twitter at BNME and the Web3 Yogi, respectively. And to learn more about Wellness Dow, go to their website at wellnessdow.life and on Twitter at wellnessdow. All links are available in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. If you could give us a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcast, it would mean the world to us. Also, 
follow us on Twitter at CryptoSapiens underscore, and find our archives on our website at CryptoSapiens.xyz. I look forward to reconnecting with you at our next discussion. Thank you.